0: Uh, just my coffee. Oh, jeez, you're fucking
1: demanding. No. Just kidding. I'm so pushing so the button, so. and then I'll get your
0: coffee. Okay. Okay. Oh, my.
1: Already worn out. I'm working hard today.
0: I know you've been busy.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. All right. Oh God. Darn it.
0: Every
1: time, every week, about this time, we say we need to get better at this job, and this is when we are going to do it. Today's the day, Mrs. Today's the day. Today's the day we get good at this. It'll be magic overnight. Okay. Yes. Welcome back. Welcome back to everybody else. Welcome back to the late night playset. Today is Tuesday, January twenty eighth, twenty twenty. We're almost out of the first month of this 2020, which means we're really rolling. Um, Our guest is somebody we are both very, very excited about tonight. We say excited all the time. I think we might actually be excited this time. Totally. Don't know if I'm nervous. Don't know if I'm out of breath from all the talking and stuff before or if it's from the running around that we just did right before the show. But uh, our guest is Rodney Rothman. He is a producer. He is a writer. He's a director, as a matter of fact. Um, Used to work on The Late Show. He uh, produced Sarah Marshall with you. That's how you first met him, right? Correct. Uh, he has uh, written and directed one of the Spider-Man movies. He's a uh, big, big deal, big deal. So he'll be in here in a few minutes. And, and
0: he's married to someone I went to college with, who we've had on the show.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: I just wanted to say that because <laughs> I love her.
1: I remembered the uh, the fact that they were married. I couldn't remember that you guys had worked together at a coffee shop in college.
0: Yeah, Pre Pri and I. Poured coffee together, Cava Java.
1: Um, where do we start, Mrs. Ryan? Let's see. The weekend. It was a great weekend, except for some interesting news. Uh, well, we had our breakfast club on Friday. Oh, gosh, great turnout at breakfast club. Thank you to everybody who came out. It was a lot of fun. Really good group. And then uh, Saturday we had something that was a lot of fun. Oh, Pelican. Pelican Parts, also really fun. Early very, morning. very crowded, very early, and, um, and we got to buy some chairs or something because that that <laughs> doesn't work for us it's anymore space, space. <laughs> uh but gosh huge turnout and thanks to everybody who stopped to say hello to us when they did see us and stuff okay okay uh sunday we woke up early and we decided energetically uh let's just take a data restore let's not go uh to malibu kitchen which is what we normally do we were actually going to go buy the new los angeles cars and coffee uh new location at in griffith park at the ferris wheel not the ferris wheel the carousel and then we were going to do the peterson auto museum and then make our way to malibu so we just decided ah, oh, that was a whole bunch let's just uh, let's just bag it and, and and restore some energy cut to a couple hours later um the same road that we would have been driving a- at the same time the news came in of course uh about los angeles hero kobe bryant and yeah. uh, sadly sadly his daughter as well um as well as Seven other souls on a helicopter passed away right out there in Calabasas.
0: Yeah, it was crazy.
1: It was – the weather was nuts. It was one of our deciding factors of not going – it. was like, oh, what a nice day to stay in. And, uh, gosh, it's so sad. I uh, don't know anything about sports ball, as people from this show know. However, however, I did have the opportunity to spend the day with Kobe Bryant once. Um, This was, gosh, about 10 years ago, I guess, maybe even a little bit more. And uh, the story here is I got a phone call from Nike – uh, I used to own this car at the time, and uh, they wanted to drive a high-profile basketball celebrity for a new <laughs> sneaker launch, and they wanted the Back to the Future car. And I was like, okay, well, what could this possibly be? I think we know <laughs> what it, what it is, obviously. And uh, and so we confirmed with them, and we put the whole deal together and whatever, and uh, ended up spending a, a, a lovely time with Kobe Bryant. And obviously all this time in the car was just the two of us from location to location. So we spent a lot of time together, and um, I remember... Very specifically, one of my favorite things from that day was, uh, you know, we're in the middle of a conversation in this tiny little cramped time. Imagine Back to the Future 2 when they're having, Marty, your your daughter, whatever, the whole thing. Uh, I made that line up. It never occurred. <laughs> but he was, uh, people are honking all the time and waving like crazy, like nuts. Anytime I drove this car around, it was like that. And uh, well, I just gave it away. Learn to tell a story. All right, I'll work on it. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> <laughs> He said, um, sorry, man, I get this all the time. Like it was like a fucking nuisance for me. Or something. I said, <laughs> I started laughing. I said, no offense, man. Like, I don't think they can even see you. I, <laughs> I get this all the time. <laughs> and he started laughing so hard because he realized it was probably true in the whole bit. And he just thought it was great. And then he realized how invisible he was to the outside world. And he started to enjoy the trip and we start he started to relax a little bit and then we started talking about philadelphia and where he was from and he wanted me to build him a batmobile and it was all this crazy cool stuff
0: i bet he loved that i think he liked that i wasn't minute. a
1: basketball fan we could just talk i didn't i didn't know him other than just being the uh, tall guy in the car
0: everything about it like in a big famous public vehicle but really private you guys got to talk it's very cool
1: yeah it was fun so uh r.i.p to kobe man that's a crazy one i know la is uh, bleeding, bleeding purple
0: yeah, they're rescheduling the Lakers-Clippers game because of it. Oh, really? hmm Everyone is thinking about it.
1: All right, so that's my brush with greatness there with Kobe. Uh, Mrs. Ryan, let's move the show on. Uh, I've got an East Coast feed to do. You okay. to just, let's go, roll it in right into that. Right.
2: <laughs> let's check in. Every chive.
1: I'm not sure where the Casman is today. I think we're at home with Coraline.
2: Roll it out. Hey, Monkey. How did Nicole? Hi, Nicole. Is it East Coast feed? It's what are you eating right now, Monkey? Uh, um, can pickles and pizza. Some of your favorite things? Did you tell him you made up a new song? Mm-hmm. Tell him about it. What is it? We're going Orange Theory. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's the rest of it? When we go to visit Brooke at work. We see. Say, she says, We're going to Orange Theory. Oh, yeah. What? Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh Orange Theory. That was it. Just want to give you some resource <laughs> nice, so sweet love. <laughs> we're just hanging okay. here relaxing, casting cats. What are we gonna watch tonight, Monkey? Seriously? Uh, finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. What's Brooke doing? Let's find out. Oh, blame her the phone. Okay? Okay. Finding Nemo's higher. coming on. They're important things happening. Right, Monkey? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you show Jay you're playing with all your Legos today? All your Lego guys? I know. Coolest stuff ever. Eat. And what are you gonna eat while you're watching the movie? What's the special treat you get to eat? Cheekbones! Oh Oh, Oh, my goodness. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Apparently, everything is the Oh Yeah song. Alright, say goodnight to Jane and Cole. Goodnight, Jane and You gonna give me a kiss? What's going on? There you go. And you got a kiss. Love you
1: guys. (laughs) They're cute. (laughs) I'm dumped out of that. Oh Oh, my gosh. Alright, well, that was a little long, but what an adorable little girl that is. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Ryan, it's time to push the Dave button. Okay, do All right. Uh, if you've been paying attention lately, you know we've been going after Mr. David Letterman to be a guest on this program right here, at The Obvious Reasons. We're sitting at his old equipment here, the furniture, et cetera. Uh, there are some personal reasons, obviously, with Jay Ryan. There's a whole story to unpack here as well. And uh, we're going to do a bookend to a conversation that started 20-something years ago. Uh, uh, and we're very much looking forward to that. Mrs. Ryan has been working on it with Dave's guy, trying to put that together as well as other things. Now's the time where I ask Mrs. Ryan, what's going on with Dave Watch.
0: I have calls this week. Awesome. No yeah. more when I know more.
1: We have to check in every day so that we can both push the button. And as you recall, he, Dave, and the staff did this with uh, Donahue back in the '80s, and then, as I recall, they switched it to Oprah the '90s, the 2000s, and that was pretty. fun. Right. So that's sort of the same thing we're doing. Even though we've already made contact and we're dealing with it, we still have to uh, honor our commitment to the audience as well because we said we would.
0: Agreed. And I just. Will repeat myself as often as I need to. <laughs> that's kind of what I do. <laughs> and that's been. It.
1: Oh, gosh, it's the greatest. And then I only have one other announcement, Mrs. Ryan, and that is that our website is live. Uh, please feel free to com. Go watch shows. Go listen to podcasts. Go shop and buy stuff. Go follow us. And I'm reading all the stuff off the card. To support us and check out the backstage <laughs> blog, which is coming soon. Uh, no, there's all sorts of cool stuff, and it will be fun for us. Oh, that was weird. It's like a bizarro. Like a, wait, we're, we're here we are. <laughs> right out of the website live. All right. Uh so that's exciting for us. Finally Very done. Exciting. Finally done. Merch store, all that stuff is up and running. Latenightplayset.com. Yeah. Mrs. Ryan, it's time to ask the question that's on everyone's mind. Oh, <laughs> what's going on, Mrs. Ryan? Uh
0: I'm gonna truncate some of this because I'm really excited for you to talk to Rodney, and I haven't seen him. We figured it since 2007 ish, uh, but so <laughs> mm-hmm, I'm not good at that yet. We're um, working on it. The there 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 is a lot of uh, question as to why injuries that are surgically operated on tend to get worse and have recurring injuries often. Hmm studies into that not just similar it. to
1: a car right oh, it's fine when it was built from the factory but the money, moment you go monkey in with it
0: <laughs> yeah it, it, the minute you mess with anything the, but they're finding different correlations with the brain it's changing the brain when you need to get something uh, operated on when it's that damaged that it needs to be repaired interesting so I think of it that the brain's finding another way to communicate because they're finding that the pathways are atrophying yes. and that's that seems to be the problem that is leading to recurring injuries
1: how do those neural pathways uh, atrophy how do we is it from not uh playing bridge as monique thomas likes to say is it from not stimulating the thinking brain
0: it's not maintaining pathways that exist
1: understood but uh okay well then I'll, it's a question for another
0: time short answer yes um <laughs> As I, is, uh, sorry, I'm getting better. I'm doing my I best. You are um, so
1: good. It's amazing. I can hear you, uh, your speech a little bit today. So is that tripping you mentally up? Mm-hmm. Can you hear it too? Yeah. Don't let it bother you. I mean, that's hard to say but or hard to do, but don't let it bother you. Thank you. Look how beautiful you look and then focus on that.
0: Done. Great. Um, there was a first grade teacher outside of Washington, D.C., it is true. It makes me think different things. It's like leading people down the wrong path when I story tell. Um There was a te- there's a teacher outside DC that shared her story on social media. She had to t- she teaches first grade for uh, hearing impaired students primarily K through eight, and she w- found herself in the awkward position of having to teach students that farts are audible. First graders didn't know like deaf first graders, so sure. they only feel it yeah, th- so they didn't know why students were laughing and whatever. It was just it's an eye-opening reminder for all of us it's that, perspective like, people perspective. don't know what they don't know, so before you judge, um and then last, uh there is a new hashtag going around primarily Japan called Adult Cream Pie it's a, it's a, which is making a lot of Americans make that face i know of,
1: there's a sexual term
0: that's why it, it's marketing confusion really is what it comes down to but in japan it it, mean, it otana means like less sweet for a confectionery dessert type food versus the sexual cream pie of it all oh. um but that's the discrepancy it it, it actually apparently tastes like cheesecake I love cheesecake. It looks like an apple pie. McDonald's tastes like a cheesecake. Uh,
1: What's it called again?
0: There, The hashtag is adult cream pie. Otana is the name of it. Otana cream pie. I love it. I love it. Not today. Uh, we?
1: And that's been uh. What's Going On, Mrs. Ryan. I
0: can't wait for Ryan <insert> to <Man Sutra> come <SUBSCRIBE> in here.
1: <laughs> I think you did great. I think you are great. I know how much work you were doing earlier today. I can't believe you you even have a head to do a show today, considering how much uh, of the other side of your brain you were using earlier. So. I love you. I think it's been, you've been a hard
0: great. day. Yeah, you let him keep me keep on my toes.
1: Hang in there. All right, we're going to do a quick break. Get our guest Rodney Rothman in here uh, and do all the stuff. Talk about all the stuff cool. and uh, and do all the stuff. All right, uh, more to come right after this. Rodney Rothman in that chair. See you in a few late night play set. Back after this.
0: Oh so delicious, it's a hot sauce made by bears. Garlic and serrano, mixed with love and care. You can put it on your eggs, pour it on your rice. It's great on a leg, it's better on a slice. It's oh so delicious, it's a hot sauce made by bears. Oh so delicious hot sauce, great on everything except oatmeal.
1: Get your bottle today at ohsodelicious.org. One dollar from every bottle sold goes to the National Military Family Association. Good business. All right, well, with that, pulling it back, bringing the whole thing in here. There we go. All right. That's it. We are back sitting here with Mr. Rodney Rothman. What's up, brother? What's going on? Thanks for it's being here, exciting.
0: man. So much more soft spoken than I remember.
1: Really? Oh, yeah. Now we're going to need the mic closer. <laughs> um, this is really exciting for us for obvious reasons with your Letterman past and everything. Yeah. But you guys have quite a past and your wife has already been here. We yeah, went yeah. down that road already. Um, I would love to talk about your career, I'd love to talk about how you got into comedy, all of that stuff today, if we've got time. You got time. Anything else uh, you feel like chatting about? Sure. Start with uh, Rodney Rothman. Shit, man, why are you here today? Why did you do this little TV show in someone's house? It's
3: so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah, I mean, I've known Nicole for a long time, uh, pre uh uh told me all about it and i was also kind of curious about the set i wanted to check it out i wanted to this tiny little space yeah oh yeah but i wanted to i wanted to see the the old desk
1: so all right let's just start right there uh you used to work on letterman you used to work on letterman during this time you tell me so tell me about this desk uh, 93 when the late show first started. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, the chairs actually supposedly, we were told by a different staff member that they were stolen from late night when they left mm-hmm. along with some other items by mm-hmm. the staff. So mm-hmm. supposedly those are the same chairs from late night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the desk is definitely 93 when the late show started. Uh, debuted on CBS right. and uh, ran into the nineties, ninety six. The this- March of ninety six. This generation, everything interesting. And uh, you, if it may trigger your memory, they did the show in the lobby. No, I remember. I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what yeah, I'm yeah. figuring. So yeah, you yeah, no, I remember? In, I remember. That was the it. last I, yeah. time this stuff was ever photographed. What I mean, yeah. pre, probably previous to us was in the lobby. Of that's the That's so Sullivan cool. Theater. It's just like being reunited with an old friend. Do you really remember <laughs> that stuff? I mean, do you? Can you just you know? <laughs> astral project back to that time of course yeah
3: no i remember we we did a um we did the show in the lobby it was the new set show um i guess the set wasn't ready yet is that why we did it in the lobby
1: um i mean i was only a fan living in fairfield county connecticut right outside the city at the time and we'll get to that in yeah. a moment.
3: I remember a comedy piece I wrote around then. It must have been. I don't think it was for the lobby show that we did, but I remember writing a comedy that there was a. It was. I wrote a, um, a, a sketch like the president of the old set fan club,
1: new set fan club, new set. Fan Do you club. remember why that came to be? Do you remember how? Keys? Yes. Do you remember? Did you just dream that up? Yeah, it was just an
3: idea I had, but but um, but the the <laughs> thing that I remember about it was that I named the character. Cliff Sussman after after someone that I went to high school oh. and grew up with you know and you're not supposed to do that you're not supposed to like name a character after a real person right. and then and then I had a very awkward uh, train
1: trip with Cliff Sussman <laughs> <No> sev- <way! laughs>
3: several several years later.
1: All right, well, yeah. as as a kid who yeah. looked pretty much like the character Cliff Sussman in that sketch, I don't have a clip of it today, but I know it very, very well. I recall it. The yeah. kid came over and he wouldn't stop touching the desk and the whole bit.
3: Yeah, I can't remember who played that <laughs> part, but... Um,
1: I don't know, but he wore an outfit just like me and he looked just like me yeah. and I was the kid at home. Um, I thought Rupert Pupkin. I thought it was a take on yeah. somehow Pupkin Sussman somehow in there.
3: Oh, uh, yeah, no, no, no. I just... Uh, I just, just Broke every rule and named a
1: character after someone that I knew. So, do you remember? Here, can I play a clip for you and see if it may jog your memory? Because sure. it's from the show you're talking about. Yeah, it was yeah. the first show back with the new. Set. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay. So I'm gonna ro- roll it, Hal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get her started, by oh, God, you no just, there's no stopping her. I've noticed two problems with the new set what? Well, one, uh, this microphone is higher than it needs to be Now, what's that about? Well, it's because the other microphone The one that's been on the desk for two and a half years here And uh, 13 and a half years at NBC Last night, that was stolen
2: uh, You're kidding now, that was stolen
1: so, so we had to replace it with this other uh, new And it occurs to me that we stole that microphone from NBC so, you know, And the other thing is, there's no window here now So when I do this, what do we get? See? We We used to have some kind of satisfying sound effect that... I don't know. Some things to work out. We'll have some meetings and we'll take care of all those. Right. All right, so... Does that ring a bell at all? Yeah, kind of. I always thought that the cliff sussman character was based on oh this the microphone thief because later in the week uh-huh. there's a different piece that comes in with uh, uh dana carvey comes in to steal a piece of the new set right, right for right. his new show i think the dana carvey yeah, the yeah. famous dana carvey show was starting yeah. uh was any of that stuff actually based on this microphone theft no no none of it no 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 it was do you the, even remember the microphone theft was that a big deal it wasn't a big deal amazing i mean it might have been a big deal i'm, I'm sure it
3: might have been a big deal um within production, you know, sure, sure. Um, but it wasn't a big deal in my world. It's not something we talked about. I don't remember caring about it, but, um,
1: all those pieces being written around the same sort of subject matter. It's just a coincidence.
3: It's just a coincidence, you know, because everybody, there's so many writers and everyone's just desperately competing to get material on and, and you're not, you're not, it's not, you're not thinking about it that deeply it's like you're just literally i i I think in the case of that sketch i was just like desperate to get something on
1: oh but it was funny i thought didn't you have a model of the set with toothpicks yeah i remember being i remember
3: being proud of uh of that piece um now i'll probably watch it and i would feel embarrassed but i remember at the time (laughs) being really being really proud of of you know that was i'd been on the show probably about eight or nine months at that point so getting like a three minute long chunk of material on was a big deal for me
1: yeah And it was one that had some breathing room. Dave played with it for for a bit, which was kind of nice. Yeah, he liked it, yeah. Uh, Well, if you haven't put the pieces together, this stuff was all photographed in the lobby show. And then the very next night, or the very next show anyway, the microphone had already been stolen. So it was photographed in the lobby show, stolen, Mm -hmm. and then they had the replacement. You could probably put the pieces together. I was the fucking kid who got let into the Ed Sullivan Theater overnight, and uh-huh. I snuck around and checked out the new set with the bridges before anybody in America. And I was the one who played the drums and fucking was the kid who stole the microphone. I can't tell if this is a joke or if this is a real. It's a hundred percent true, and that's why we want Dave here. It's, we've been working on this project. Oh my forever. God, you're deep. it's a hundred percent true. I lived in the same town. I drove down there. Here, hang on. Here's me in high school. <laughs> no joke. Oh, my God. That's the <laughs> microphone that ended up going on David. Oh, well, that's a whole other story. Anyway, uh, yeah, I was literally doing this stuff at the time, drawing pictures like this. That's pretty good. Like, talking about Rupert Pupkin. That's the stuff we're sitting at today. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, well, that was a different from NBC. but So, oh, yeah, I was 100%. What's that? I, I, I want to take this back. So, <laughs> so you, you broke into the theater? I... Do you want a, yeah, story, I wanna, I wanna we told the whole story on the show? You cut once. It out. I want to hear it for myself. I um, <laughs> it was the night of the new set reveal. It was supposed to be it was a Monday night mm-hmm. and there was gonna be a new set and I couldn't have been more excited about it. My dad had just died two weeks earlier. Wow. I had a friend come stay with me, when my parents were divorced, it was just me, only child, so I was like alone. I had a friend come stay with me and uh, my you can tell from all of that stuff, that was my high school work, those are like those pictures and stuff, that's what I was doing instead of arithmetic and yeah, shit. Yeah. Um, so I was totally into this shit, and I really wanted to see that new set. And Letterman lived around the corner, and the, the show was down there. I was already interning at NBC, in like I sort of knew. In Connecticut, you said. Where yeah. in Connecticut? Uh, I lived in the town called Wilton. Wilton. And yeah. he lived, and in lived right. Canaan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah. both lived right on the border of both of those towns. Got it. Got it. About okay. a mile apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel comfortable saying that because I don't. He lives in Montana or somewhere else now, not at this place. Uh, but, yeah, uh, so uh, 11.35 rolls around on that Monday night, and it was a repeat, mm-hmm. old set repeat. And I was like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. I'm, the TV guy and everything else, I'm prepared for you know what mm-hmm. I'm prepared for. And um, I had just bought um, uh, an E30 BMW, which was kind of a cool car at the time, I thought, because, again, my dad had just died. Yeah? And I just got a couple bucks, and I was like, I'm going to sell his Cherokee, and I'm going to buy this BMW. And, uh, I said, I'm gonna go for a drive and I was a straight edge kid. No mm. drinking, no, no, didn't even smoke cigarettes, nothing. Mm. So other than avoiding deer, like this was a safe activity. And, uh, I found myself through a crazy set of circumstances between needing gas and the gas station being closed. And then the sign for the fucking Merritt parkway. And one thing leading to the other, I just was like, well, why don't I just drive down there? they probably, they probably couldn't do the show. because like you said, oh, the set wasn't done in time, so maybe they're still working on it. Maybe I could even take a peek. Maybe I could, you know, at the very least, there's dumpsters. I'll do what ended mm-hmm. up happening years and years later where they yeah, all went yeah, dumpster yeah. diving for the set. Um, we did not do that. Mm-hmm. You and your friend. No, this was just me. This was just me. You, yeah, this just was your, just me. Yeah, so you drive down, okay. Yeah, and uh, anyway, everything was true. The dumpsters were there. I parked in front. Uh, Cricketville, like nothing. There was no work to be going on. There was nothing happening at all. And... Um, Uh, I knocked on the... I heard vacuuming. I was about to climb in the dumpster and I heard vacuuming. That's how quiet it was on 53rd Street. What time was it? Uh, Well, the show... Probably like one in the morning. Okay. And um, whatever. I heard vacuuming and I went and knocked on what I later found out was the stage door and uh nothing but i could still hear the per- like literally on the other side of the door and i'm like i'm this close i gotta so i just a little bit harder and they opened the door and i just literally went right past and i was like oh running late huh and i went i just it was a tiny room and I'll, you know the space yeah, yeah. now it was the tiny vestibule yeah, yeah. i guess a security vestibule yeah. so it's like one door a fucking little thing and then another door and i just went through the other door really quick. And then it was like, okay, I'll just, he's vacuuming, so I'll just figure out where I'm going. And I already did, had I really had worked at NBC at this point, at uh-huh. 30 Rock and stuff. So I knew production, I knew how all this stuff worked and et cetera. But, but, whoever, I was, through, but whoever was cleaning didn't come after you? Correct. He all just right. opened the door Good. for me, let me come in. Uh, and I went through that next door. And as you know, at that point, you are on the stage of the Ed Sullivan Theater, mm-hmm. right where the guests make their entrance. Yeah. That's where you walk out from but that door. There's not room. Right now, it all looked different, but everything was in the same place. There's the new desk and chairs. There's the new, you know, bandstand and all the stuff. And instead of buildings, they had uh, bridges and uh, they had a new tile floor, like all this crazy stuff. And I, of course, I identified all of it because you saw my attention to detail yeah. with this stuff. This is supposed to be your uh, segment, by the way, Mister. No, 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 I mean, yeah, <laughs> <clears throat> um, the microphone was not on the desk. And uh, I started exploring one by... Oh, there was a bunch of cleaning people uh, in the audience, like vacuuming the Uh seats and stuff, and uh, no one on the stage. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was a drummer, I was a piano player, all these things, so I actually was skilled and aware. So I went over and pretended I was like, you know, looking (laughs) at the drum, when the truth is, I'm like looking at, oh, it's all glass now, oh, they changed all this stuff. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see the new set, and I manifested myself into it. Yeah, it's amazing. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so one by one, the people left, and... After maybe 10, 15 minutes, I was the only one in the Ed Sullivan Theater building. What an innocent. The Ed Sullivan time. Theater building. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, this is before nine yeah, eleven. I mean, yeah, it's 96. Yeah. And totally I was a kid. Yeah. I was a yeah. kid that, what are you doing in here? Get the fuck out of yeah. here. Um, so I started exploring and I went up in the catwalk, up the spiral staircase, uh-huh. and going all over yeah. the catwalks and up into the balcony and back down. And, and um, uh, once I got fucking bored, I guess, I found another staircase. Behind what was the double doors that went downstairs underneath Mm -hmm. the stage and um, past all the departments. And, Mm -hmm. uh, like, there was a green room down there. And then I found another hallway that was really, like, dark, like, not even finished, like, cement. And anyway, that took me to the other side of, like, the Broadway side. uh, And it took me to by where the Hal Granny control room is. Mm -hmm. And I had known that because it was only very recently at that time that, that he had retired and they dedicated it to him. So it was like, this was fresh in my mind. Like, the plaque was shiny. Mm-hmm. So I went in there and I was... I didn't touch anything, but I was, you know, checking it all out because, again, I'm in my mind, I'm going to work here someday. Like, mm-hmm. this is my goal. And uh, then I went into another room that was down there and I guess it was an audio room or a video room or something. But uh, anyway, on the on a counter, underneath some cabinets, in the back, just with, like, the testing gear and all the stuff was... microphone we're just sitting there just sitting there underneath this stage in this audio room on a counter underneath these cabinets not in a box not hit just literally there and it was all crazy beat up and i didn't even think it was the real one Mm -hmm. i was like this doesn't really maybe it's a bad it's probably a backup and anyway within seconds i had taken the thing apart and put it in my pockets and gotten i I was like that's it i'm out of here yeah And I got outside into my BMW, and I put the pieces in the passenger seat, and I drove around the corner to the, like, West Side Highway, basically, and uh, took a right, and I parked on the side, and I turned the thing on, and I Hmm. put all the pieces together, so it was this again. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at it like, what the F did you just do? Because I can't even now – I couldn't even bring it back if I wanted to. I'm now locked out. If I had made this decision, thought about it before, I oh, hey, buddy, the angel and the (laughs) (laughs) – Uh, no I had, I had done it so I'd sealed my fate and then uh, the story believe it or not that's not the interesting part and okay. I think kids stole the interesting I mean kids stole the microphone no big deal uh, I then took it upon myself to return to Dave at his house on the following weekend because you guys had written all those bits right, <laughs> right. Lo- Dave says the first night oh you stole the microphone and then all those bits came up did he did he talk about
3: did he talk about um, I can't remember. Did we know that someone? Was there a video of a kid in the theater? Did we talk about that? In
1: my mind, there sure was. Right, right,
3: right. right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You know what I mean? Who I mean, knows? Though, the middle of the night. And...
1: I don't know, but I have yeah. to assume there were. Secu- I mean, there are or were security cameras everywhere. Yeah. I had to assume that I was on them because I wasn't trying not to be. Right, i, I went sure everywhere. You were, yeah, I'm sure you were on them, but maybe <laughs> they just weren't taping
3: it. You know, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, okay, so okay, so so then next weekend you go.
1: Yeah, so you got that. So the, oh, by the way, so the new show was on a Tuesday night. Because mm-hmm. the Monday there was a repeat. By the mm-hmm. way, Mrs. Ryan and her neck of the woods and her expertise pointed out to me very easily oh, it was the effing Oscars on Monday night. I just oh. had no interest in that whatsoever. Yeah, 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 he yeah, was
0: yeah. flying Monday. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Anyway, whatever. Um, so, yeah, all week. And then I decided, what the hell am I supposed to do? I got I to gotta bring this back. That's the right thing to do. And for whatever reason, between me and this knucklehead friend of mine who I loved dearly, but it was like goodwill hunting, it was mm-hmm. like the friend who was more loyal than smart. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> uh, um, We hashed this plan of, and I totally skipped over this part, but I built and made this microphone for my high school show. It was a real old RCA that I you know, looked up and call, used to call Kathleen Anchors and interview her <laughs> a little bit on the show. I can't believe we're talking about this the whole time, man. I want to talk about Spider-Man and all your stuff. It's okay. <laughs> uh, uh, we're going to cut this out. Yeah. Uh, um, anyway, I decided to go to his house and give him my microphone that I made for my little educational access television show saying, hey, Mr. Letterman, blah, blah, blah. So that was the plan. And it just seemed as far-fetched as me finding a theater door open uh-huh. to go see the new set. But I have a knack. So um, it's only about a mile drive, but I took a few wrong turns to mm-hmm. make it last about 15 minutes. And uh, thinking the whole time, what the hell am I going to say at the... Because you got to get through the little call box.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. Hey, I was in the theater the other day, and I, fig- yeah. I figured the smartest course of action here would be to show up at your home... Uh, Anyway, I really didn't come up with anything, and I kind of drew a blank. And I was coming around the last turn, thinking, "All right, I'm not fucking this like theater. Something will come to me." And I got to the uh, box, and the gate was open. Ooh! Wow. And I don't mean like, oh, he just drove up. He just got home from the grocery store and it's still open. I mean like it was open. Uh-huh. So I – and at this time, I don't know if he ever went to his home. but at this, I did not. At so that's time. <laughs> at this time, the, 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 it, it was configured so that the driveway would drive up and behind the home. I think probably for security purposes. It's an old-fashioned house that clearly was a front door, but it was not used. There was right not right. even a driveway in front of it anymore. So you drive through this gate and now I'm – I'm not only like – I'm in his property, but I'm like in his property. I'm mm-hmm. in the backyard of his home mm-hmm. <laughs> between the pool and the tennis courts mm-hmm. and the house. And at that point is when I can see the reason the gate was open is because he was having his pool filled. As
0: well, far as I know, early, that happens one day. one, yeah.
1: And also like once a year. <laughs> <laughs> like what are the chances? so uh, so, I drove up and I had my microphone on the thing and I took a couple deep breaths and I was looking around and I couldn't really there's no front door it's a back there isn't really any place to go mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. and then I see a screen porch and I'm like alright well we have a screen porch so I gotta go in the screen porch <laughs> in order to get to the house door to knock and I knocked on the screen porch just in case and of course I can see there's no one in there so mm-hmm. no one answered so I helped myself into the screen porch now I'm, <laughs> no! and it's a finished room in his home it's right. not like my screen porch which was we use it seasonally yeah. this had nice stuff in it yeah. Now I'm knocking on the plate glass window into the home. Now right. I'm looking into David Letterman's home. I'm right. in the outside room, and I'm looking into the great room of his house. But you have not the microphone you took, but a different microphone. That is correct. Okay. It looks extremely similar, okay. but he and I know the difference. Okay. Okay. Got you. Comes, uh, I see him come into sight and come around the frame, and does typically come, what can I do for you? And I said, uh, and he, "You know," and so he comes out the door, and now we're on the porch, probably making sure that I don't fucking have a conniption fit and uh i said and, uh, i i uh my name is uh and i used to do a show down at the high school and then and, uh, and i don't remember exactly what i said but i blather blather blathered for a while mm-hmm. and said uh, i know your your three years was stolen and you mentioned on the show and i would love to you know just donate this to the show if you you don't want to use it or not and he says, after a few minutes of just kind of sizing me up mm-hmm. I said, well I, I can't take this hmm. and i and i oh no no really it would mean a lot to me if you just you know and uh and he was very adamant about, I can't accept yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The thing cost me at the time like 600 bucks. Like wow. I cashed out my whole thing. And then I had this piece uh, made by a welder and painted it and, mailed, you know, a different thing. And I had the whole thing chromed because mine wasn't the right color. Like uh-huh. crazy OCD, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Asperger's-y type stuff. On and on, I eventually get, get him to, uh, I, said, I said, it's not yours, but it's pretty close. And he took it in his hand at that point. And the moment he took it in his hand, I was like, He's, this is going to work. He's going to take it. And he turned it around and he goes, well, it is. it is. And he was looking at this part that I had made, which was all wrong on the mm-hmm. studio one. He said, it is. It's real close, actually. It's, it's real close. And I could see that he was looking at it and thinking about it. And maybe in the hindsight, he was probably thinking about, all right, well, how do I get this kid out of here the safest way possible? Uh, he said, all right, I will accept this. I will accept this. I'll take it. But I got to get something for you. Mm. You wait right there. I got to get something for you. And I'm, I waited right there and he disappeared and he took the mic and he put it on the dining room table in this great room that I saw. And then he went up the stairs and disappeared out of sight. And a few minutes ago, and I'm just kind of standing there and I'm 100% convinced he's calling the New Canaan Police Department. Yeah. And I'm kind of happy about it because I'm like, all right, this is all going to come out. And then I'll be, I didn't have the guts. I didn't have the guts at the time mm-hmm. to, to just, just tell this, just tell the truth. Yeah, Yeah. The adult me knows I would have had an internship set up immediately. and I probably would have had a job for life if mm-hmm. I had just been honest about what I, I, I lost my head. I got let in and then I took it. And um, Instead, Dave comes back into view with uh, and he's unwrapping something. And I already know what it is because the only other thing I wanted as much as this microphone. And it was uh, a golden blue. Oh, nice. i taking the wrapper off and he gets out on the porch and he's, let's see, we're about the same size and I wear an XL. So this mm-hmm. ought to work for you. And he hands me a Late Show Crew jacket. That's awesome. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. And then the following Monday, so that was Saturday, and then the following Monday, my microphone that I gave him at his house was on his desk, where it remained for the next decade. No. Yes. Are you sure? Yes.
3: Yeah. <laughs> did, did, did you did you break back in to confirm it? No. Okay. No, no. <laughs> no,
1: no. But, uh, I mean, I made it by hand. I mean, I know. <laughs> that is
3: awesome, man. Is it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, but it's I like, never had the balls to do it, and then and then I locked it away along with that period of my life. My life, it got really shitty with family and yeah, money no, and it's like, intense. You know how get. Uh, no,
3: that's like an intense story. Like it's you know, it's intense for like nine. Honestly, that's like intense for nine different reasons at once. That's dude, I'm, I'm
1: sweating bullets just telling. This, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah,
3: no, I, I, mean, I relive
1: like, it every time I yeah, go there.
3: Yeah, that's a that's a really, really, really
1: uh, so interesting, cool story. It seemed like a really cool. Oh, this would be a neat documentary. Well, like two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. And it is a really interesting start to a great story. And then it was like, well, what would the bookend be? Mm-hmm. So we started I see, I see, doing a podcast. Oh. And then out of nowhere, the desk and chairs that I stole this microphone off of is the Dark Crystal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I got the shard. I oh, took right, the right. shard forever mm-hmm. ago. And now you put the shard back in the thing. It's just weird how it all unfolded. Yeah, yeah. And now here we are doing this. And then we're going to get Dave here. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. It's wild you're not proce- or you are processing it right now is that what's going on We're processing what aspect of it my whole thing cuz i'm a nervous wreck here talking to you are you really yeah i feel Do you crazy talk about it on the i feel show like, a lot? no not to that level no um cuz that we wasted so much time doing that
3: it's not it's not a waste of time at all it's really uh, <laughs> it's it's uh it's really uh it's cool man like there must be a reason why i sat down and uh and that's how uh the segment unfolded but um um <laughs> No, I mean, it's, it's a really cool story. I mean, if I told you what I really thought it would, uh, I don't know. Like, it's like, I won't be crushed if that's, what no, you, know, you won't be crushed. No, it <laughs> wouldn't crush you. No, it's like, I hear a story, you know, about, I'm um, about someone who just went through a trauma, right. you know, yeah. and, and, um, you know, and you were already kind of like a weird kid. And yep. I say that as a, as a compliment and an observation you know i was you know i was a weird kid and you know lots of people i know were weird kids you know so you know and and you could be weird back then in a in a i think in a different way than you could be weird today because we were all on our own so much more
1: oh Uh, yeah solitude made a big yeah made a big difference
3: so yeah so yeah so that's i mean i mean the fact that the microphone was there for years afterwards for me it's like getting a gift of a story that that adds a whole other layer of interesting context to to what was a really intense experience for me and a formative experience for me. So, so it's really cool. And then with the Dave of it, I mean, you know, that's, that's intense. You know, he was, he was, you know, he, you know, I, I mean, I haven't seen the guy in 20 years, honestly, you know? Um, so, but I remember you know i I remember what it was like to interact with him, and yeah, i mean your 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 story geek is makes me sweat too, <laughs>
1: yeah um well, that was kind of part of it i knew I knew that this was not only just a like it was almost a character on the show, I mean, it was just it's always here, and we watch these clips on YouTube now, and it's like, well, it's the one common thread throughout the entire thing where it's just always there, it's in the shot every time,
3: yeah, yeah, I guess another thing that I would say is is like, um. Other things that it makes me think is like, I mean, Dave. You know, he can speak for himself, but it's like I don't think of him, especially back then, as a particularly sentimental person. I don't necessarily think of you know he might have been, but I I didn't think of him that way. Um,
1: Well, I do know from doing research after the fact, obviously, um, that he was the one after the first year pickup on late night that requested the old-fashioned microphone. Hey, can we get one of those like Steve Allen, whatever? And uh, I, I used to work at Conan and I used to pick the brain of the audio guys there because they w- would tell me all this stuff and mm-hmm. they were friends and the car guys and the whole bit. So we just had a lot of common threads. Um, and he said that, yeah, and when they, at, when Dave asked for it, that uh, whoever the audio guy was uh, went across the hall to the old Jack Parr studio and got one of the old audio. It was live at five at the time. And that's where the mic came from. It was like, so there's, supposedly there's all these stories behind like, oh, it was one of Johnny mics. It was one of, of yeah, Jack yeah. Parr. I don't know that any of that stuff is true, but like, do you remember the the sound effects guy from the Late Show, Gary Caffell? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, well, he was yeah. the one who was telling me some of this stuff as well, yeah. saying that yeah, okay, well, it was just disappeared overnight. It was yeah. there one day and then not the next. Um, yeah, but anyway, it's, yeah. It's, so, so it's like a really, it's
3: a it, that's a really unusual Dave story that I've you know I've not heard Dave stories like that. You know,
1: yeah. it's cool. All right, yeah, pretty wild. It's wild. So that's how we got the set, <laughs> and that's and that's why it makes <laughs> yeah. so much more <laughs> sense uh yeah. the first bookend all right on to you yeah gee whiz man <laughs> I, I hope this show makes it up tonight <laughs> all right we got letterman out of the way yeah what was it like to, did you enjoy your time though working on that show
3: i did i did i mean i don't know I don't. you must don't, have been really young i was young i was 21 when i was hired there whoa yeah and I was,
0: how long uh, were you there i was there uh, just
3: maybe a hair under five years
0: that's oh, a wow. good run yeah yeah um Yeah.
1: So wait a second. What were were you there when Rob Burnett took over EP?
3: I was. And that was um, exactly the time you're talking about. That was exactly like the the, Rob's very first show back as executive producer was um, that lobby show. Yeah. So um but, you know and, maybe and, they
1: always blamed it on Morty. I know.
3: <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that's how you got in there, is that there. There was like no one watching the store for a second, you know, like um,
1: Oh, the changing of the guards.
3: Yeah, but um yeah, yeah, I'm, I you know, a lot of details from that job I remember, you know, and I can't remember like literally what I was doing this morning, you know but i remember a lot about that job just but,
1: impressionable uh, youth kind of thing impressionable
3: like, youth it was just show r- was huge at the
1: time too yeah. it was
3: like the biggest show in television yeah it was a really heightened you know just a very heightened experience you know a, a lot of adrenaline running so you just remember a lot you know and and, and young and, and everything was new and, and yeah and, you know but um
0: did it feel important then important that show like it's such a cultural defining yeah and
3: yeah i mean it did. I mean, it felt important in the sense that, like, everybody – I was just talking to people about this this weekend, you know, like – because I saw a bunch of uh, Letterman folks this weekend for the first time in a long time. And, um, you know, it felt important within our world, like, everything was life or death, you know. Everything was life or death. And, and everyone was really keyed up and, you know, all the time, you know. And, and if something – you know, live television, it, it felt just – it literally felt like the end of the world of something – went wrong you know and if you screwed it up it felt like the end of the world you, know? you guys were running the big show at that point i mean you got the big show
1: the yeah. big stakes
3: right yeah and then yeah but then as far you know like i guess and then pop culture wise i mean it it um yeah it felt important but it also felt i don't know like it was also kind of funny because you know like i said it was it was the end of the world to us but it was on at 11 30 at night and like you know lots of people didn't watch it Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's true. But we were part of the the pop culture conversation. And, and, you know, at that time, you know, obviously it was before the Internet was really big and before clips were really big on the Internet. But, you know, so so you were really, you know, in addition to like the daily nightly show where, you know, you're just looking to put on a good show. You were I guess we were looking you're always looking to do things that cut through pop culture, you know, in some way. Um, like you mentioned, like Drew Barrymore, like, you know, Madonna, or, you know, Farrell Fawcett or, you know, um, a couple comedy pieces and, you know, it's just like, you're always looking to do the things that just cut through.
1: Were you you with the show when they went on the road at any point? Did you go to like London or did you really, I got there right after London, but I, uh, but, but, San um, Francisco, I was in San Francisco, which
3: was shortly after what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I went to LA before that and, oh, uh, you did, I did.
1: Oh, we that did. was one of my favorite sets I never got to see. I would yeah, have yeah. loved to see that with the Ferris
3: wheel and everything. Yeah, yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, so we we, we did shows in LA in November of ninety five. And um So that was
1: that the Carson
3: that wasn't that Carson. was not, that was before that. Okay. I never saw Carson. Okay Um But um but yeah, and then and then at a certain point, let's see, I can't remember if we went anywhere ever after San Francisco.
1: Well I recall again from my friend yeah. at, at Conan that um, there was a trauma during that trip as well. Somebody had passed away. If yes. You remember? Yes, yes. Um, and I, of course, saw that name downstairs next to the Halgurney control room because. <laughs> yeah, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin um, Drone. Yeah. Videotape operator.
3: Yep. Yeah. 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 So that happened, but I don't know. But but at a certain point, we started to bring audiences in from places. You know, like oh, you know, yes. I don't remember why, but Never we a good sign.
1: When he. I don't know. It's never a good sign, is it?
3: You know, yeah. I mean, like you know the you know you mean bussing them in. No, no, no. That's not what I mean. I mean, um, we stopped traveling for shows. I remember we would do, we would like bring in an audience for many. We we would fly oh, an entire I audience see. in into us. You
1: would flip the whole process.
3: Yeah, we would do. We would, <laughs> that's we would, really funny. For like four weeks, we would do. You know, it, it often had to do with affiliates that we were you know, trying to pay attention to. So like Minneapolis and St. Louis and Atlanta or wherever, you know, we would flab audience and then we would do like one St. Louis show and we would write a bunch of comedy or I film. I totally remember. Yeah. You
1: dropped the, you changed the backdrop behind the desk. And yeah. Stuff. yeah. But Dave
3: wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't go shoot remotes <laughs> there. We wouldn't, um, you know, you know, if, if we did shoot a remote, we would send one
1: of our repertory people. And it yeah. is material, but it's, totally a way to drum up business yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> that's yeah, a great yeah, idea yeah. <laughs> yeah. um did you get to work with Hal or he gone already
3: he was gone I don't recall if I ever met him okay um I, I mean it's technically still alive I think right yeah yeah I think so um there's a guy who I don't think is alive named Pete Fadovich who, oh yeah, I loved who, Pete, yeah, I he met Pete. Ar- yeah he used to come ar- around hey
0: around. what's up buddy yeah, 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 yeah.
3: <laughs> um so Pete was around but I don't remember Hal being around okay yeah. No, it yeah. doesn't matter. How um, many
0: writers were there when you were there? Um it would
3: range from like eight to fifteen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's a good range.
1: It was a good range, yeah. Um can we get to Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Yeah. I love that movie. Like not to turn this into the Chris Farley. Show, I know, I know, I know. that was awesome. Uh, I love that movie. It's one of those movies I didn't expect to like when it came out. Yeah. I had a bunch of friends who worked on it before we even knew each other, mm-hmm. and uh, and then one of those, I saw it reluctantly at a friend's house, and I said, "This movie is just so sweet and damn delightful." Was that your first big motion picture? It was, I was looking yeah. at the credits, and I'm like, "That's a that's a big big one out of the box."
3: Yeah, yeah, nice hit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was my first. The first movie I worked on, like from start to finish, you know. Um, And um, did you you, did you have anything to do with the writing as well? I did. I did. Um, But um, yeah, so the way that worked is, I mean, Jason Siegel wrote the movie and um, and then I kind of was part of, you know, once the movie was going to be made, you know, I was kind of part of the team, really him and me and Nick Stoller um, were sort of then kind of the team that that um, rewrote it, you know, um, made it what it is. Yeah, but, but the you know but the the essence not just the essence but you know Jason really wrote you know in that case I've worked on some movies where the script you know evolves a lot and that script did evolve but, but it was very much uh, created by Siegel and, and from his brain and I think a lot and, of
1: the backstory is out at this yeah. point where it came from and everything so but anytime it's a personal story where there's actually, you know it's really your feelings involved it comes out on the page in yeah. my opinion yeah so I was really maybe part of the team that like
3: rewrote it and figured out how to make it. Get it, get it on its feet, you know, and make,
1: you know, get it to work. Well done. Yeah. Good grief! I love that movie. Yeah. How many times we put it on? Anytime we go on a trip, we put it on, and anytime it's like, well, I don't want to. Which we just but just something happy and good we can just relax to. Okay. That's Boom. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. yeah that
0: was, you guys uh, did a good job keeping it all together. Nick directed it. Yeah. Nick directed it. Yeah. Yeah, it feels very close knit like that.
3: Yeah. At the time, I remember people telling us it was going to be the best job. We ever had, you know, cause for, <laughs>
1: you mean go shoot at turtle Bay. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah yeah. Well done. yeah. yeah. No, you know, you know, uh, Nick and Jason and I, for all of us, it was our first movie. Maybe, maybe it wasn't Jason's first movie, but it was definitely his first starring role. Um, and, um, yeah. And I remember everyone telling us it was the best job we'd ever have mostly because we were living in Hawaii and filming, but also because just the vibe generally. And, and I think we all kind of acknowledge in the end that it sort of was the best actual Experience, job experience we ever had.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to ask if that still holds up.
3: No, it does. No, no. does it really? No, I've had, still I, 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 I've had other good jobs, and I've had jobs, other jobs that turned out well. But, but that, that for actual enjoyment, you know, we really enjoyed ourselves. And, and it's usually a bad thing. It's seen as a, it's only, you know,
1: it's kind of like you're a, not working hard enough, right?
3: Yeah, like there's like a, there's like a, a conventional wisdom that like when you get to the point in your career that you go to Hawaii and make a movie, you know, the Brady Bunch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like you're, you're you're really in trouble and the movie doesn't usually turn out so good.
1: It's not jump the shark, but the equivalent. Yeah. It's like,
3: you know, you know, you're like kind of planning your vacations around your, your movies Or you know, there are some actors you can, you can see that doing that. But, um, but yeah, but we, uh, yeah, we worked really hard. We had a lot of fun. Um, we movie. were younger, like, you know, we were still having fun. And, <laughs> yeah, I you know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh,
1: well, following that up, though, with Get Him to the Greek, I have to ask a question that no. just, it. it's the only thing that bothers me about Get Him to the Greek, because the movie is so fun. The Jonah Hill switching to a different character. Sure. Now, creative decision, Jonah's reason, like, what the hell? We could have made that work, right, for him being the same guy? Or was it just going to be too sloppy to go creative. from crazy fan to assistant?
3: I really was in favor of changing the character. So this is something you're gonna have to take up with me directly. Um, it is. I know yeah, <laughs> you are. I guess I yeah, am. This is what you just did, <laughs> Jonah. Jonah, I remember was fine with it, but he had some questions. Yeah, it wasn't from Jonah that that thing. At the time, I really felt. I mean I thought it was awkward no matter how you did it, I think. Agreed, you know?
1: and that's maybe what I'm getting at. Was this the lesser of the two evils? Yeah. Like it's not it's gonna it's a catch twenty two.
3: Yeah, like the, the the idea for the movie and what drove it had nothing to do with the character he played in in um uh Marshall. Yeah in Sarah Marshall. Was, yeah. was
1: was this character written for him? Yes. So this definitely was yeah, so it's it is. It's it's like what do you do? Yeah, so it was just kind of like
3: you know, I mean, but you're right. I'm sure we could have made the opposite decision and f- made it work. I
1: know. wouldn't have brought it up except that you've <laughs> dabbled into the superhero movies, and I know that canon's a big thing with them. Yeah, yeah. Superhero fans. Yeah, I hate to tell you, but some of those parts get recast too. What? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, but re- this is different than recast. Isn't I see it? what you mean. Because it's, it's him. The opposite. He's, yeah. He's, yeah, it's No, no, opposite. it's the
3: same. We were just recasting uh, Jonah as himself.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah, oh, you threw me for a loop there. Yeah, on to further questioning. Yeah, um, uh, five-year engagement, same thing as engagement. the uh, Sarah Marshall. For me, it is just a delightful movie Thank that you. I didn't expect to like, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a dude, and I don't think I'm going to like the mm-hmm. sappy movies, and I love them every time. Uh, I want that you know great.
3: I, I really argued in favor on that movie of having Jonah come and play the character from Sarah Marshall.
1: Yeah. Well. <laughs> I would have been the guy who would have gotten it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, I just love that movie as well. Though, did yeah. you did you write that one?
3: Same thing. You know, Nick wrote oh, the okay. first script, and then I was kind of part of rewriting it. Yeah,
1: I love that. That's yeah. I, I don't mean anything by it. I just love to know how the process works. Yeah. Or Nick and Jason okay. wrote the first chapter Uh Spider Man. Spider Man. I'm not a comic book guy. I don't know much about them. I mm-hmm. never. You saw what I was doing instead of reading comic yeah, books. Yeah. That was yeah. uh, weird. Weird in my own own room. Yeah. <laughs> Are, are you a comic book guy? Have you always been a comic book guy? Not so much. I just mean, great I, job. Yeah,
3: not so much. I was aware of them. You know, I read them. I was I wasn't oblivious to comic books, but I actually was never. Um, well, hang on. Let me them. back up. I'm aware that they existed, <laughs> of course. It I didn't just, seem like I never, you were. It was not yeah. my
1: type of thing. Yeah. I, yeah, 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 yeah. No,
3: that's that's how I was. So I read them, but I wasn't obsessive about comic books, um, and wasn't like uh, diehard uh, for any. You know, I liked Mad Magazine, I liked National Lampoon, I liked okay. Spy. I was maybe more um obsessive about that stuff. But um but I was from you know, I grew up in Forest Hills and if you know if, Really? Yes, yeah, but when I was a little kid and if anybody if anybody you know, if any you know, I always really liked that Spider Man Peter Parker was from Forest Hills and and um so if if I felt an affinity with anyone it would probably be Spider Man, but mm. I but I wouldn't say I was uh um you know obsessive
1: about it. Uh, yeah I, my only yeah. Sp- James Franco was my only Spider-Man th- th- down to the thing but that's a whole story for another day <laughs> we've wasted enough wasted enough time talking about me um, you broke into his house and you stole the green goblins <laughs> yeah
0: and you Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. I mean,
1: really, the story I told you is like, oh, what else has he done? That's where the story got you. The um, uh, imagination, of course, runs wild.
0: Mm. <laughs> Ready to <see laughs> <Because> you again. <laughs> why, why,
1: why would you lock it all away for 20 something years and then come out so hard and do this? You know, I get it. I get it. Uh, did you ever consider doing stand up or have you ever done stand up? And I don't know. I haven't. Um... I you've got a funny brain. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, I would have liked to. There's
3: a a, there's definitely like an alternate version where I where I would do stand where I did stand up. I I used to perform when I was in um, college and, you know, when I was younger. Um, And um, and then I just stopped after I graduated. You know, I got hired, you know, pretty quickly as a writer, you know, and and got really busy and and didn't. Letterman wasn't a show, you know someone like Conan and the, you know a lot of a lot of late night shows have have a lot of the writers do stand up you know it's like part of the culture at mm-hmm. a lot of these shows that people do stand up they leave work they go do stand up yes that Letterman wasn't like that it was like a very writer writer driven show, and we were just there all the time there was no chance you know it, it wasn't a culture where you took off to go do a set somewhere no um and at a certain point I think I got i got self for whatever reason i mean first of all i just i just got busy and preoccupied with what i was doing and maybe at a certain point i got self-conscious about performing again for whatever reason um but but i do like to perform and i do think that that um there's a you know if i hadn't maybe if i hadn't gotten like snatched up that quickly by something so preoccupying i might have done it
1: yeah. that's yeah and i also wonder do you it mm. I feel like you Yeah, whatever. I You think yeah. <laughs> I'm 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 doing two because I uh the amount of time that we wasted on me, I'm still not over. I'm still not over it. I think it was great. Um <laughs> we, we bumped the
3: next guest. We did we did you know unexpected unexpected segment. Yeah.
1: What do you like in comedy? What do you like what do you like what makes a movie funny to you? A movie funny to me. Um It doesn't have to be a movie. What makes a project funny to you? Um like one that I'm working on or one that I'm watching? Anything. I find you very interesting. I kind of want to know how your process works. So maybe one you're working on would be great.
3: One that I'm working on, um, funny. Um, I mean, I'm kind of one of those people, this is not something I'm bragging about. I'm one of those like funny people who doesn't laugh that much. Or I, yeah. or I do laugh, but I laugh at like life stuff, you know, not at not at like jokes. I know exactly what yeah.
1: you mean. You're probably hard to please when know. it comes yeah. to the, the comedic front. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're high, I'm guessing, right? You're a communicator by trade, you're a writer. Yeah, it is just it's just the way it is.
3: And, and that was actually one of the things that really threw me at Letterman at first was that was the first time I'd encountered people who who didn't laugh when they said that's funny, you know? But uh <laughs> um but uh
0: very dry over there.
3: Yeah. Uh but
1: um <laughs> That is its own funny thing. Yeah. I never thought there was anything weird about that. I used to do the same thing. and Somebody was like, why don't you just laugh? I'm like, what? Yeah. And like, why don't you just laugh? Because somebody's walking through a production office on whatever show and it's fucking totally doing their work and working for the material. And I'm like, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, for me, it's a huge seal. It's like the fucking Carson thing. You know what I mean? If I say it, something's funny, but to them, I did not give it what I know, they I mean, needed they, at all. You did all. not think that was funny? No. Um, and then it's not what they required. Well, yeah,
3: but obviously I love to laugh and I laugh all the time, but it just, I mean, I, it's, it's not that interesting. I think, I think I need to, I, things that are surprising to me, make me laugh things that are really uh, silly, um, like really silly, like, you know, and like, um,
1: what's an example though? Like where, where does really silly go? Okay. Like
3: here's something, it's been 20 years since this, but you know, one of the things that made me laugh harder, like one of the things I saw that made me laugh harder than anything, ever like was i walked there was remember the show mr show yeah of course yeah there was a mr show sketch kind of famous you know about a guy who just climbed mount everest and comes back from climbing mount everest and, and and is with his whole family and he's in this living room with like um a wall of thimbles you know his dad mom and dad's thimble collection glass thimbles and and they keep and they ask him to tell the story of climbing everest and and he accidentally falls into the wall of thimbles and knocks them all off, and then they have to like put them all back. And the sketch is him them asking him to tell the story and him accidentally falling into the wall of thimbles like nine or ten times in a row. <laughs> like it just happens over and over and over again, And that made me laugh
1: so hard. you know, um it sounds borderline like super Dave. Oh, that kind of humor was it that sort of thing it all, falling but, over or gods must be crazy
3: yeah no but also but, but yes so there's definitely a slapstick element but it's also you know it, it blew my mind like you know at the time it was so like it's uh, transgressive is the word that, that pops into my head but it was like so it also like you know it went it goes against there's like the rule of threes you know
1: oh, oh and, it broke all the comedy rules
3: yeah like it, it just oh. the, the idea that it would happen so many times like just gets so the first time i saw it i just it just it, it just maybe start to make me laugh so hard and the fact that it kept going it's like a 10 minute long sketch <laughs> it's just a guy trying to tell a story and and then repeatedly falling into a wall of thimbles and knocking them over and people and everyone's getting so mad like how they're getting everyone else in this in the sketch is playing it very real <laughs> like why do you keep doing that you know <laughs> like you know um so that if
1: that, people in the sketch are acknowledging how ridiculous it is, I mean the people outside it, that, that's a funny that's a funny wall breaker right there. Yeah,
3: but but you know, if I was to really analyze it, it's like it's like creating this like reality in the sketch, you know, that's just like so crazy and then everyone's playing it really real, and it just makes you live this experience of somebody making the same mistake. Anyway, so
1: that the edge of that, tomorrow kind of thing.
3: Yeah, that really, really, really made me laugh. Um oh, God. Yeah, things have to like really Push it to make you know like like things in the last few years that really made me laugh. Nathan for you, really you know that show? No. Nathan for you it ended, but it was on Comedy Central and and um, it's um scripted. It's it, it, yes, but you should just watch it because it's 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 um it's an example of somebody influenced by Dave. Who oh, yeah. then takes it someplace um else or t- someplace beyond? But, okay. You know, but influenced by Dave and influenced by by people um say it
1: one more time what's Nathan
3: for you for oh for you Got yeah it. nathan fielder he's a canadian comedian so that's an example of something that really 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 made me laugh you know um Is it's it smart it's yeah it's, i mean it's brilliant and, it, and and it's stuff it's just happening on a bunch of different levels you know he also does you know he does things it's like it's kind of you know there's real people in it it's it's kind of remotes It's happening on like a number of different levels at once. And there's also like a really emotional aspect to it. You know, like there's the people he meets and the way, you know, the stories you end up hearing. Sometimes he he kind of stumbles into things that are actually kind of moving.
1: Oh, so it's like man on the street type remotes where he's just interacting. Okay. It's all sorts. You just have to watch it. it. Yeah. The premise
3: of the show is that he is, he's a kind of a, a business consultant who is offering himself to different small businesses and, and his ideas are generally terrible. And then the the pieces, the segments are about however long they take, a few days or a few weeks or months. It's about his relationship with these people as he helps their business. But, like, with the best of these kinds of shows. It sounds
1: it, awesome. Like, like there's yeah, a good healing element to it. Yeah, but
3: it, but it kind of just goes in a whole other direction. So, so unfortunately, like, my – maybe, like, my receptors for comedy at some point got so burned out <laughs> yeah. that it's like – to really delight me and make me laugh you have to like surprise me and have like six different things going on at the same time and 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 um yeah that means to me
1: you're safe to hang out with <laughs>
3: <Do you know>? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah everybody thinks they're so funny <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh, can you please tell any story you remember from Mrs. Ryan's old life? It's Shabbat, Shabbat's old life over here. It's yeah, our viewers really know us in the car world, and they know her not being able to walk and mm-hmm. doing this, not doing her old job. And of course. And you guys used to work on some pretty high caliber stuff, as we were just talking about. So.
3: Yes. Yeah, so well, let's. First of all, let me just. So, were you working with Jonah for getting to the Greek?
0: He was at my company. He was part of that group, but right. I wasn't. There yet. Like I'm doing.
3: Yeah. Like, beyond forgetting Sarah Marshall, I know we had encounters, but do you remember, like, what was – or, you know, were you working with Jason when I was working on five-year engagement?
0: No. I was gone pretty soon after Sarah Marshall. I switched company. I
3: remember. I kind of remember. Um, So, I mean, I remember – um I, m- I remember the first time i saw you i was i remember being kind of fascinated by you, you I remember you came i literally remember you came over you put your hands on jason siegel's shoulders um and you greeted me I, I still remember this you greeted me as if we knew each other which maybe we did but i remember having one of those nervous things
1: publicist
3: yeah yeah
0: i don't think we knew each other. yeah yeah good, but good you, for me yeah
3: <laughs> but you were like very familiar with me uh, in a way where what they immediately sent me to the place of like oh, like, oh, am I being rude right <laughs> disarming, now? Disarming, disarming. Yeah, but yeah. also, but also, like, am I being rude? Like, do I not remember knowing this person? Um, but, um... That's how she got her way into my life, too. Yeah, 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 yeah it's, uh, You're it's, welcome. Uh,
0: you know. <laughs>
3: That's how pre-got her way into my life.
0: Michigan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's
3: Michigan, yeah. Um, I mean, it was really, it was really fun back then, you know? Like, I mean, it still is fun, but it's fun in a different way. It's a different... You're
1: able to do a press junket, to fly to Hawaii to do a press junket yeah. for a movie, first of all, to actually go to the location for the movie. I mean, it's, it's sort of unheard of even at that time, but certainly not today.
3: Oh, it would never happen today, right?
1: The know, it would, it, it, would, happen, it would happen, but for like
3: Jumanji or something. For you know, Juma- to- it would have yeah. to be
0: really big. And yeah. like I was – I don't remember what you're talking about, so I'll ask you about it later. But um, Jason <laughs> wrote the movie in Florida – or in, in Hawaii, uh, Hawaii yeah. right? So he was – involved intimately with the whole process so it's i don't think it usually works like that
3: mm. yeah that
0: right am oh, i yeah. crazy
3: no 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 the, yeah there was like a lot of like very organic things about it and you know you know, you know yeah, it was really it was just of a time it was like it was a bunch of you know of talented people um being given you know you know a budget for instance for a movie that you would not get today Mm -hmm. you know like you know that that movie cost i guess around let's say 35 million dollars like you don't get that much money for a comedy starring mostly unknowns i know i was listening to um a podcast joe and i told me about this podcast uh uh that bill simmons hosts it was a podcast about forgetting sarah marshall and they kept calling it a um you don't like sports you said that before right well i don't
1: i don't have anything (laughs) against it in fact i know very odd rules but i just don't follow any of it right um, so they kept calling uh,
3: "Forgetting Sarah Marshall" a salary cap comedy. I get it. Yeah, like they're like, you know, this is a movie that has like, you know, um, Jason Segel, Kristen Bell, Mila Kunis. You know, um, Russell uh, Brand. Russell Brand. But the thing
1: is, those guys weren't that big
3: when you that know, movie hit. Know, no, but, but Paul Judd. Rudd. Oh, Judd. You know, you know, Judd. You know, Paul Rudd. Um, I'm, I know. I'm. You know, Bill Hader um oh that's true yeah. you know jack
0: mcbrayer jack yeah, when, McBray, you, when
3: you add yeah.
1: them all up there are a lot yeah. you know
3: so 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 he was making this really funny point that it was the salary cap comedy like like you have all these great players on their original contracts so you can afford them yeah. you know anyway you know and, and you know and it was a time when you know a lot of us had come up in like under the kind of wing of Judd Apatow in television, you know? Um, and we were, again, I keep saying it, but we were young. We were young in our careers, you know? And and Judd had made this jump to movies and kind of brought a bunch of people and systems with him, mm. you know? Um, and then that just blew up, and it kind of blew up around the time of Sarah Marshall, you know? Yeah. Um, so there was this, hey, oh, it's a really, it's a really cool to be part of, you know, a a wave, you know, a wave in comedy, a wave in filmmaking, you know, you know, it was really exciting. And then, and then there were values around that filmmaking community. Like, you know, we, you know, we had our, definitely had our many stock moves and our many stock moves eventually stopped working, you know, or, or, or people, people, people became familiar with them. But, but, um, but uh, you know, the, the values around that, that filmmaking style and community were really cool values, you know, like they had to do with like, you know, you know, it was like stuff influenced by James O. Brooks or by, you know, yeah. Hal Ashby, you know, emotional storytelling and, and, um, also just being, you know, being like fresh and new and pushing things. And, you know, um, so yes, yeah, so we really got to do a lot of cool stuff. There was no sense of compromise. You it's know? wild though, that you can yeah. tug
1: on the heartstrings and push the boundaries at the same time. That's kind of a hard, that's a hard act.
3: Yeah, well but you know, but it's also really effective and that's you know and that's stuff that I you know I'm, I'm more likely to find stuff funny now too also that you know something? It either has to be really emotional or just like a guy falling into um you know thimbles nineteen times in a row. You know? <laughs>
1: uh you mentioned Judd before I completely glossed over undeclared. I never saw that show, but I know how uh what a big deal it was for people, those the two those two damn shows, the one before and that one was. Freaks and one? geeks. That's it. Freaks yeah. and geeks and undeclared. Um uh did you Having spent time with Judd, did you ever spend time with Gary Shanley? A little bit. Really? A little bit. He's somebody very, very special to me. I got to meet him a couple times, but Mm -hmm. I never got to know him. And uh, ironically, about a week before he died, we sort of agreed, oh my gosh, Gary's the one I should reach out to to help me tell this story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And he decided to, you know, check out. He was like, fuck you, Jay. You can do it on your own. Okay. Thank you. Uh, But I've always felt like I had a piece of him. And I know anybody who ever was touched by him felt the same way. Do you have anything like that? Do you have any stories? Do you have any kind of anything? I must tell you, I don't,
0: I didn't
3: okay. know him that well. Sorry, um, right. When did, did I... you know him? Huh?
0: What did you know him through? I,
3: I know, I knew him kind of through Judd. So, okay. so I would just meet him, you know, especially like 10 years ago, there were, you know, there were a lot of like table reads and we were kind of like this collective and we would get together, you know, to give each other notes on projects and support each other. Yeah. Help, just help each other with our, with each other's projects and, 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 you know, the the handful of times I met Gary Shandling was him showing up to go to a table reader to help Judd on projects. It was cool. always me,
1: too. He would show up at Saturday yeah. Night
3: Live all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's,
0: That's cool. So I cool. didn't know he did that with Judd stuff. That's cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um not being a, a superhero guy, like I said before, I don't really know too much about the Spider Man movies, but I did look yours up, of course, and wasn't that one that people pretty much really, really liked? Yeah. Yeah. So congratulations Thank on you. that. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's a that another was cool. hard hit to, yeah, 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 yeah. To, to make the comic fans happy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, congratulations. Thank you. What was special about your Spider Man versus the other Spider Man? The other Spider-Mans are very special. Okay.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to say that they weren't. I mean, I know you're trying to like... Rodney's you know, so
0: diplomatic. You're trying
3: to...
1: Like,
0: no, 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 no. She's other
3: Spider-Man. Here's I'm, the just, thing, I'm I just letting
1: you know I'm not going there. I think they're wonderful. That's so funny. Wouldn't that be funny? I'm trying to get into fucking Ill. bad mouth. <laughs> I don't even know the villain. Well, We were animated. We were not about Peter Parker. We were about. You were animated. It was an animated film. Oh, I didn't you did not realize know that. that. No, no well, I film. don't know anything. Animated film.
3: You got to watch it, man.
1: Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I could. <laughs> no offense. Really? Yeah. You should watch it. How good could the story be? Even if you're doing it. I know. You should watch it. You should watch it. All right. Well, I got to add <laughs> that. And Nathan, if, for you. Yeah.
3: Even if you don't like it. Even if you don't like it, you should watch it, and and because you might you might like it. Um, <laughs> I would watch it solely to support you
1: for yeah, all the reasons you should, yeah. mentioned before. it's
3: animated it's not about Peter Parker it's about a character named Miles Morales and oh, it's well, he's uh, nice
1: I like him yeah you've and, got me
3: yeah and it's um and it's a um really uh you know we, we, we were trying a lot of uh different stuff in there and a bunch of it ended up working you know
1: yeah is it uh, yeah. available on streamers or should on I the download streamers. it from? on Netflix you oh it, it go, is oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. my gosh so anybody can go download it
3: right now yeah it's cool. a lot better it. than Nathan for you <laughs> I mean, like, if you're going to prioritize, if you're going to prioritize, it's a lot She'll better. You should probably
1: watch your movie over the, just, the, you know, Netflix, or the YouTube just show. it's a
3: lot better. I mean, I, I'm sure uh, most people would agree
1: with me on that one. I know that <laughs> you said Nathan for you would be on Comedy Central at one point, but probably YouTube these days would be a way to find it. Oh, that, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, how about you, sir? How can people keep up with you? Are you on a social media or anything like that?
3: I'm on social media. They can follow me on Twitter. Um, I'm currently uh, in a uh, uh, not using it. Phase, but oh, a little hiatus. I, yeah, but they can they can still uh, find me there. um Yeah. Are you on
1: anything else? Are you in the Instagram or any of that stuff?
3: That's Twitter is the only one that I use. That's like kind of like where, I, where it's outward facing. I guess. Oh, I see. I got yeah, you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So Twitter, and then you'll check back in at some point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That's easy enough. laughs> I still read. I still read the, the news and, and all kinds of unhealthy things on. Oh, Twitter. so you're just, on there. So yeah, yeah. somebody could find. Oh yeah. It. No, I'm I'm, oh, I'm around. I just don't uh, don't. Don't say that much.
1: What about um, projects? Anything you've got coming up that people can tune into and watch on the streamers or theaters? Too early to say. Okay, but I'm working on some very exciting things.
3: Cool. Um, uh, I was kidding. But if they're exciting to you, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm really working on something. Of, I'm this guy's hard stages. to impress. Yeah, yeah no, I'm <laughs> in the early stages on some stuff.
0: I'm feeling. I'm getting the elusive vibe. Aloof. <laughs> Aloof. Aloof. That's you. Know you know what?
3: You know what? I made the mistake to me early in my career of of like talking about stuff. Like I, I like would talk about stuff that was going on. I, I always thought, was convinced that things I was working on where people seemed really excited were definitely going to happen. Oh. And when I learned is that almost none of them
0: happen. Right.
3: Sorry. Almost none of them happen. So so now I try not to talk
1: about things unless they're happening.
0: Right. It's yeah.
1: like signed, sealed, and delivered before it even comes out of your mouth these days. Yeah. Yeah, we've made that mistake yeah, so yeah, many yeah. times. Yeah. And it really sucks when you, it ends up turning into over-promising and under-delivering. That's what it looks like. Even though no one knows, like, oh, there's 15 things that fell apart and none of them were us. Yeah, on, yeah. on whatever it happens yeah, yeah. to be. Yeah, and if
3: I say like, and if I say it publicly, then like you know, you know, a couple times I said talked about stuff, and like someone you know, wrote some
1: random article. Yeah, it's a, in deadline. If you make a comment, it's not on
3: deadline, but
1: it's like you know. But, no, you know, actually, it's, it's on deadline. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah it's yeah. on deadline. Yeah. We checked. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You're amazing, man. Thank you so much Thank for being you. here. Thank, Thank you for dealing. Me. with... I got totally frazzled. I don't feel like you got the best me today, but I really appreciate the the you that showed I think, up.
3: I think I got a great. You know, I think mean, like I greet you, and um, it's a really cool story. I, I honestly, I appreciate you telling me that story. That's a really, um, that's a
1: really, really cool story. Well, yeah. we're trying to make an ending for it, trying to make this a success, so that uh, somebody makes a scripted movie out of it at some point. So, hey, yeah. now you know it. Yeah. Um, Feel free, <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Ryan. What do we have tomorrow? Uh,
0: what's tomorrow Wednesday? Wednesday. Uh, I have a Danny. Gary Cannon. Gary Cannon.
1: Okay, is it comedian? Yeah. All right.
0: B- oh, wait, wait.
1: This is the guy that's, uh, he was a warm-up guy for Conan and stuff. Yeah, I think we know him. He's yeah. friends with Pardo. Correct. Jimmy Pardo. Okay, cool. Awesome. All right, so Gary uh, Gary uh, Cannon tomorrow. And then Thursday, Carson Chan. Beautiful. The watch guy. Porsches, Thursday. Porsches and watches. Yeah. Love it. All right, Mrs. Can't Ryan, wait. I love you so very much. We've gone on and on and on. We love you so very much, oh, Rodney. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so I very much. Good. Yeah. So good to see you. <laughs> we love everybody at home. Please yeah. love one another, and we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah.